so wonderful to see such a full house. So I uh, hope you love everybody because we're going to be tight <laughs> this morning. And then we have saints out in the fellowship hall as well. And we had some technical difficulties. Some equipment died on us this morning. 
The devil just trying to do everything he can to disrupt, but the message will get through. Amen. Amen. So those in the back, we apologize. There's no video, but pray the Lord will bless you through the sound this morning. Amen. You worship however you worship this morning here. Locally, we stand the whole song service. You don't have to, whatever you want to do, um, but just worship the Lord with us this morning. You do get more air when you stand though we'll just say that <laughs> amen let's try that uh praise you in this storm god i was sure by now god you would have reached down wiped our tears away stepped in and saved the day but once again i say amen
worship you, Lord. You are so powerful, Lord. Where would we be without you, Lord? Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. Let's just worship him this morning, church. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Freedom for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. wonderful weekend. have had nothing but good reports and good things all around that I've heard. So give yourselves a nice round of applause this morning. I won't go through all the thanking everybody. We'll let our pastor handle that this morning, but God bless each and every one of you. If the brothers, I don't know if they're going to they might have a little trouble getting up here for, uh, sorry, um, getting up here for the offering, but if they have an offering, if they could make their way up here this morning, you might be sitting next to a stranger. If you're comfortable, turn and shake somebody's hand, tell them, God bless you. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. One more river. One more river to cross, one more mountain to climb, one more valley that I gotta go through, leaving my troubles behind. One more battle with the devil, then I know I'll win again. I'm going through with Jesus, hallelujah, only to his nail scarred head. little life span when I'm standing alone and the fire gets hot I always do the best that I can I must have crossed a million valleys shed a million tears when I come to the river of Jordan hallelujah then I'll have no fear then I'll have no fear cause I've got one more river to cross one more mountain to climb, one more valley that I've got to go through, living my dream. 
I saying that correctly? Is she here? You can be seated. God bless you, saints. We would love you if you know the song to rejoice with us. Call on the Lord, and He hears me. Yes, He helps me. He is faithful and true. Won't forget His word. My companion, my best friend, the only true God. There's no one greater, a wonderful Savior. Yeah, for you, 
Jehovah Nissi, your great enforcer, God Almighty will fight your battles. Oh yes, He will stand for you. Oh, victory has come, not the way we think it would, but our great Jehovah, He just loves a paradox.
Amen. Amen. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Because <laughs> I, I know in heaven it's going to be a party. It's going to be a celebration. And we're just so thankful. Thank you for everyone coming and being a part of this weekend. And we're so grateful. And the song we're singing this morning is called Leave It There. And what was running through my mind was a the message Jehovah Jireh that Brother Brandon preached 25 times in his ministry because he always provides the things that we have in our mind he wants you to take them to him and leave them but God needs to express himself through you he uses flesh to express himself so if you're holding on to something he wants you to let it go leave it there take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there you're not more impressive than God is so let go of everything you're holding and allow him to be God but he needs you he needs you amen this is just an old song that my dad introduced to us and let's just sing it together amen if the world from you withholds all its silver and its gold and you have to get along with me good friend. just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird take your burdens to the Lord and leave it Oh, leave it there Oh, leave it there Oh, take your burdens Into the Lord And leave it there If you trust And never doubt He will surely bring you out take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there if your body suffers pain if your body suffers pain and your strength you can regain and your soul is wholly sinking in despair Oh, Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave. Oh, leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden 
hands to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord. Oh, when your enemies assail, all together. Oh, when your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven hears your prayers. Every single prayer he heals it. He will make a way for you. He will lead you safely through. Take your burdens to the Lord. Only. Go burdens to your Lord and leave it there. If you trust, if you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Just the last verse. When the youthful, when your youthful day. Are gone and you're still feeling on, and your body bends beneath the weight of death. We will never leave there. you to the end. Take your burdens to the Lord and since I was a little bitty, I used to be little, little bitty guy, and Brother Isaiah has a special place in my heart with his ministry, and he's always, he's just been a rock, 
You know, he's always been the same. You've never heard no junk about Brother Isaiah. And I appreciate that. Let's give Brother Isaiah Brooks a big hand this morning. Jesus Christ, we thank God for his grace and mercy, and I really don't know what else to sing, but this particular song, I had others on my mind, but I just believe this is what God would have me to sing. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, I'd like to introduce to Of the good and the right Stand the champion robed in white His hiding sees the heavens His weight outweighs the world His reach reaches everywhere His age is ever
and all them. God richly bless you. I appreciate it. They, they did so much this week, y'all. You have no idea what they did. For those of you who don't know, some of these brothers had never played together till Tuesday, but you can't tell it. You know, when God gives out talent, he does it good, don't he? Man, God is so good to us. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. Every service, you know, have to go to the Lord in prayer and um, we know many people here have many needs. Um, we do want to continue to remember Brother Wesley Van Wick's mother, Sister Sharon, but not asking God to heal her, thanking him in advance, because it's already done. Amen. And then locally here, a student of my wife's, their, uh, their house burned down last night. So if, I don't know the family, but God certainly does. Believers or not, that doesn't matter. It's not us foreign no more. They're humanity, and we love everybody. That's what God called us to do. Brother Sam, I hate to impose upon you, brother, but you come take us to the Lord in prayer this morning. Anybody have an unspoken prayer request by uplifted hand? Just raise your hand if you have a need. Dear gracious Father, we approach your throne, heavenly throne of grace and mercy, God. Because we only look up unto you. Here this morning we are gathered, not unto anyone else, but your mighty name, O God. Father, when your name is spoken, all demons have to flee. When your name is spoken, everything has to be dispelled from our way, O God. Look at your children come. They came from different places, O God. Different cities, different states, all gathered under one roof. This is how heaven is going to be like. Thank you for giving us a foretaste of what you have for us in glory, O oh Lord. Father, look at your children who have their hands raised. 
You are the only one, O oh God, who can supply our needs. Father, I pray, O oh God, that you see each and every need that's under each hand. And may you supply it, O oh God. Someone needs healing, may you heal them, O oh God. Someone needs you to provide for them, may you provide them, O oh God. Because you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha. Lord, we just heard about Sister Sharon, O oh God, who's health, having health issues. We know you to have never, ever failed. So we know you will not start today. I bring my precious sister before you, O oh Lord. May you touch her, O oh God. Give her a special blessing, O oh Father. And we already come to you with thanksgiving. Because you know, we are, you already did it 2,000 years ago. So we are just claiming that blood, O oh Father. When you said it is finished, O oh Lord, that's when everything was done. All our diseases were healed. All our sicknesses were healed. All the chains that bind us were healed, O oh God. Thank you, Father. We also come to you with the neighbor that we heard, oh God, that their house burned down, oh God. I just pray, oh God, that you give them providence, oh Lord. Because where else could we go but to you and you alone, oh Jesus Christ. Here we are, oh God, waiting to hear from you, not to hear from a man, oh Lord. I pray, oh God, that you speak to us mouth to ear. So that when the service comes to an end, we will say for sure the Lord spoke to us. For sure the Lord lifted up my heavy burden for sure the lord broke all my chains oh lord here we come unto you asking you just to have full preeminence in this service have full preeminence in our lives oh god please accept our sacrifices of praise oh lord may we when we glorify your name oh god may all the demons be terrified oh lord and live in jesus christ's name we praise your mighty name amen sing this little little song as we invite I'm honored to call our pastor this morning and it doesn't matter who walks through the door because we know Jesus is the real preacher so stand to your feet if you don't mind this morning let's sing this key of G I'm sure everybody here knows it every praise is to our God every word of worship with one accord Every praise, every praise is to our God. Oh yes, sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every
You can do better than that. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. I wasn't there at the Gettysburg Address. But I'm told when Abraham Lincoln come to the podium and give his Gettysburg Address that they applauded him for five minutes straight and we can't give Jesus ten seconds He's worthy! He's worthy! 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Real glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. the lamb worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb blessed be the name of the lord hallelujah my 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 i thought you was going to beat the record hallelujah it's good to be in the house of the lord it's good to be the house of the lord amen we welcome you to word of life tabernacle we were honored when they come to us and asked us if we would host this weekend and uh, so I didn't, uh, I didn't, wasn't even aware that these things were going on. I kind of live in a bubble. And uh, so they, Brother Josh actually come to me and said, Brother Liss, we had, had uh, confront, come to him and asked him if we would host it. And uh, they told us how many people was at the last two. I said, we can't hold that many. They said, well, we can find a place that we can rent and a venue. And we had the church last night packed out. And I want to I say this uh, publicly, that I was so proud of those that sang the songs that had to do with this message, that weren't ashamed to sing about this message in a mixed crowd. know about you, but I had church last night. <laughs> you know, if you don't worship God, He's not God. Whatever you worship is your God. Whoever you worship is your God. Because God is an object of worship. So your worship makes Him God. And I believe he was pleased last night with the worship. They come up before him as a sweet smelling savor. But we're here this morning for a brand new day because his mercy was new this morning. And we are here this morning to hear the breaking of the bread of life. And uh, I've got 66 books to pull from. So I hope you brought a lunch. I hope you know your neighbor real well. If not, get acquainted. 
Praise the Lord. We appreciate each and every one of you coming. And uh, we had, you know how it is, uh, we, we here at Word of Life, I, uh, I've, I've named, uh, we have sometimes technical difficulties. Brother Adam says that Satan will get in the sound system. And so sometime during the period of the night uh, uh, on into this morning, we had a box that, that got fried. It got too hot and it just blew up. And so those in the, in the Sunday school rooms have no video, but faith comes by hearing. So if you can hear, then your faith can be increased. Amen. We apologize for the lack of video. We did our best. Brother Brian, he has worked countless hours to try to get this all worked up. And then the morning of the service, Satan comes along. But the bottom line is, Brother Branham said, in the, on the wings of a snow white dove, the message got through. Amen. And I promise you this morning, the message will get through. Amen. Those that are in the fellowship hall, they're actually uh, a few minutes behind. They're actually streaming through YouTube. So they're a few minutes behind what we are here. Uh, but they do actually have a video there uh, in the fellowship hall. So God richly bless you all. Uh, this morning, we're so honored to have you here and I won't be singing anymore. We've had plenty of good singing, and I don't want to mess that up. Break the string of good singing with the last one being the worst of all. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, if you don't have your Bibles, they'll put it on the screen for you. We've become lazy Christians, haven't we? <laughs> And if our screens go down, nobody knows the words of the song, and we've sang them all our life. If our screens go down and I'm singing a song, everybody just looks at you. <laughs> I was raised in church all my life, never been out in the world uh, all my life. From the time I was born till right now, I've been in church all my life. We've sang songs from the blue, from the red book. Some of y'all don't remember them. Y'all remember these? We sang from these. We sang from these. We didn't have all this. Now we're spoiled. Oh, I didn't get many amens on that. We're spoiled. And now many people don't even bring their Bibles to church because they put it on the screen. But I like carrying my sword with me. Because you just might have to pull it. Because <laughs> the, the enemy is going to and fro seeking whom he may devour. So you ain't always in church. So you better be ready to pull your sword. How many is happy this morning? How many is tired this morning? <laughs> yeah, we had a few honest people. The rest of you are lying. Uh, you know where all liars go. We all tired. Don't even stand there and say you ain't. We all tired. That's all right. When the anointing falls, the tiredness goes away. Praise the Lord. And I'm, I'm not waiting on nothing. I'm not waiting on an anointing. I brought him with me. And if you got a lick of fire, you brought him with you. So all of us together, we produce the pillar of fire. 
Praise the Lord. Probably God said when you come through them doors, an angel escorted you to your seat. And he said he's standing there by you saying amen to the word. Say amen to the word. Say amen to the word. Praise the Lord. Good crowd this morning. I might preach all day. See, that was weak. Oh, that was weak. See, Paul preached all night. Some of y'all would have left. A boy fell out the window and died. Paul said, we ain't done. Go down there, raise him up. Let me finish my sermon. <laughs> so if anybody dies here today, let me know. If anybody passes out, falls out, let me know. We'll raise them back up and I'll finish my sermon. We got the power. We got the authority. We got Jesus living in us. If that same spirit that raised up Christ from the grave, it shall quicken your mortal bodies. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. I might have to take my jacket off. You can't fight and you can't preach with a jacket on and I'm fixing to do both. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, be, beware of concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. And we all said, Amen. no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day. Listen to what he says now. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings got quiet on that one we want to know him in the power of his resurrection, but we don't want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. But if you don't suffer, you can't reign. Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Praise the Lord. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. Yeah. 
If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. There's some of us here this morning that need to forget those things that are behind and start reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I press. I press. Everybody say press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be perfect be thus minded. And if any and if anything ye if in in anything ye be otherwise minded God shall reveal even this unto you. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You can have your seats this morning. I'm not going to keep you too long this morning, and everybody gets afraid when a preacher says that. That statement has made many a liar out of a preacher. Just how long is long? I won't hold you long. How long is long? I want to speak to you this morning on how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Paul tells us that God has provided for each and every one of us an armor. A suit of armor. Now you do not put a suit of armor on somebody that is not going to battle. Prophet of God comes to the pulpit in 1962 and preaches the greatest battle Ever. Oh, some of you asleep. Some of you ever fought. The greatest battle ever fought. Now understand that Jesus does not send you into a battle unless you're well equipped. He does not, pre- he does not send you into a, pa- a battle until you, unless he prepares you for that battle. That's why you must come to the house of God. Oh, we got some streamers here this morning. Forsake not. Forsake not. I'm going to say it again. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that much the more as you see the day approaching. You need to be in the house of God. Because you are not hearing from a man. Prophet of God said when the pastor steps from the, from the office, that is God's angel to that church. He's just a he's just a conduit. He is just a vessel that God can speak through. You're not hearing from a man, you're hearing from the throne of God. And in order for you to be prepared for the battles up ahead, you need to be listening to what God is telling you. 
He's preparing you for the battles up ahead. You don't know what you're going to face, but he does. Therefore, he anoints the man of God, whoever it may be, to preach a certain sermon just for you to prepare you for the oncoming battle. God would be an absolute fool to send you into a battle without the proper weaponry. So when you come to the house of God and the man of God begins to speak and he's got his notes and he's got his everything prepared and all of a sudden the Spirit of God uh, 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 tells him to go down this avenue and he has no idea why. And we don't have to stand up here and tell everybody's names and addresses. You know your name and address. A lot of the stuff that's going on in the message, that second pull. Y'all can get quiet if you want to. This is my church. You on my grounds. All this emotion and all this stuff and all this, you know I'm waiting on something. You know, all this stuff that's going on, that second pull, that is shuck. And shuck is dead. We are in the opening of the word, which is the spoken word, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when the word, Hebrews 4.12, comes across the podium, and you're sitting there and you're going, oh my God, this man's been in my home. This man was riding in the car on the way to church. This man knows what we've been talking about. No, the Holy Spirit was there and the Holy Spirit anointed that man to tell you exactly what you needed to hear so you could be prepared for the battle. But see, Paul, in this, in this scripture, Paul says now, in order for me to get to the prize, I've got to press. That word press in the original actually means to be persecuted. The Bible tells us all that live godly shall, shall suffer persecution. Jesus said you will be called all kinds of things. Your family will leave you for my name's sake. Huh? It's not, it, it, listen, he didn't call us to a picnic. If this is a picnic, I am sadly disappointed. This is a warfare. And you've got to understand how bad do you want it. Or you say, but Jesus overcome for me. Well, they tell that to the Israelites when they went to Canaan. Did they have to fight? Yes, they had to fight. And Brother Branham says, you've got to fight for every inch of ground that you gain. And there's miles to gain. Every inch, you got to fight for it. How bad to you? I'm going to tell you, friend, it's easier to go in reverse. Because when you back up, the devil backs up. But when you take a step forward, the devil takes a step forward. How bad do you want it? When the devil sees you're growing in God, then he's going to step up his game. When he sees you backsliding, he's going to let up on his game. On the flesh, it's easier to backslide because the devil don't bother you as much. But when you start praying more and you start reading more, you start listening to tapes more, then the devil's going to get on your, on your hide and he's going to bother you. He's going to torment you.
How bad do you want it? I've been in church, as I said, all my life. I have seen thousands, literally thousands, come and go. Most of you, a lot of you have too. You see them come, you see them come to an altar. You see them cry crocodile tears. They get under the emotion of the meeting. They get under the emotion of an organ, a B3. They get under the emotion of the drums and the guitar and the bass and the piano and the fast song. They get under the emotion of a man that knows how to work a crowd. Oh, I'm going to preach up in here today. They get under the emotion of a man that knows how to work a crowd to get them to the altar. They didn't come willingly. It was the spirit, it was the atmosphere of the meeting. And then they come up here and then six months later they're right back out there. I've seen it over and over and over and over. I'll be 53 in a few days. I've been in church since I was born. Y'all hearing me? I've been in church since I was born. I've never been out of church a day in my life unless I was sick or out of town. I've never been out in the world. Never been drunk. Never took street drugs. Never been with another woman outside of my wife. We was both virgins on our wedding night. You know why? Because God kept me. God protected the gift. And let me tell you, some of you young people, it can still be done. It can still be done. You don't have to have the scars of the world. It can still be done today. If God did it through me, God can do it through you. You don't have to go out there and test the world, see whether you like it or not. There is pleasure in sin for a season. But what are you going to do when the season changes? Where are you going to go? Your friends are going to leave you. Your acquaintances are going to leave you. Where are you going to go when the season changes? I ain't going to stand here and lie to you and say there ain't pleasure out there. The Bible says there is. But I want you to understand God's season never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you come into the kingdom of God, it's always the same. He never changes. We need more people with true heartfelt repentance. The zeal, the zeal of Laodicea is repent. Repent. You're going this way. Repent means go this way. 180 degree turn, not 360, 180. And go the opposite direction. You know, I'm here to tell you, you know, Brother Isaiah, hell is not preached enough. See how quiet? Y'all ain't heard about hell enough, but I preach hell here. Because hell is real. And there will be people in hell that will be intruders because hell was created for the devil and his angels. You'll be an intruder in hell. He wasn't created for humans. God was long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God sends nobody to hell. Man sends his own self to hell. 
by rejecting the truth. When you're in hell, you can't blame nobody but yourself. And let me tell you, let me tell you, the flame will not be the torment in hell. It will be the memory of you sitting in a church service and hearing a man of God preach to you the truth and you turned it down. You had a chance and you rejected it. And we don't know how long hell is. We know it's not eternal because it had a beginning. But it may go on for thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of years. And you'll be sitting in hell and that memory will haunt you. Because you sit there in a Holy Ghost meeting where the anointing and the conviction of the Holy Spirit fell and you rejected it. Because let me tell you, God put every man born of a woman on free moral agency. God don't force you into it. You got a choice. I said you got a choice. Oh, you say predestination. Predestination goes back to foreknowledge. His knowledge beforehand of what you would do, whether you would reject it or would accept it, then he put that seed inside of you. If he knew you was going to accept it, he put that seed of God inside of you. And when that light shone on you, it come to life. I've heard people tell me, oh, I'm predestinated, I'll be there. No, you ain't if you ain't saved. Oh, I'll be there because I love Brother Branham. That's heresy out of hell. Oh, I'll be there because Jesus loves me. This I know. Let me blow your mind for a minute. Jesus loved the rich young ruler and he ended up in hell. Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and listened to what he said. One thing thou lackest. How many are you lacking? How many besetting sins are you dealing with? The rich young ruler only had one and it wound him up in hell. Whoa, I'm getting evangelistic now. Brother Bram said, whatever you do, win souls to Christ. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you ready for the rapture. Friend, we are living in 2023 as if you didn't know. And when I was growing up in the 80s, yes, I'm that old. And there was not near the temptation back then that there is now. That's why we adults need to pray for the younger generation. There is snares and traps and temptations all around them. But I ask you young people, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to fight for it? (laughs) 
If a man come to my door with a gun, knocked on the door and I opened the door and he's standing there with a gun and said, I'm coming to rob your house. Me and him's fixing to have a prayer meeting. Hello. He ain't coming in my place. Taking my stuff. Hurting my family. I may get killed in the process, but how bad do I want to keep them safe? I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to stand in his way. He's not coming in my house without a fight. Satan is a squatter. You got something wrong in your body this morning. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, he's a squatter. He's got no right on your body. He's got no right in your body. He's a squatter. He's a liar. He's a bluff. When David became king of Judah, he wanted a place for his capital. King Saul had died, and then the two, they had split. If you know your history and Bible, there was 11 tribes under Ishbosheth, and there was one tribe under David. And there were two men that murdered Ishbosheth, which was the son of Saul. And then the tribes come together and it was now united 12 tribes. And so David wanted a capital city because in the back of David's mind he wanted to build God a tabernacle. So he chose the city of Jebus which later becomes Jerusalem. And this city of Jebus is a walled city. It's completely fortified. I'm not going to go to the scripture. I ain't got time. You people are killing me. I'm going to have to read. Brother Isaac going to have to preach Wednesday night. It was a walled city. It was fortified. You couldn't get in. So David said, the first man that can get in the city and open the door so that we can come in and take the city will be my general. So Joab, his nephew... Climbs in the sewer. How bad do you want it? He crawls through a sewer. I don't have to explain to you what a sewer is. He crawls through a sewer. Comes up in the middle of the city. Covered in sewage. Because he wanted that bad enough to go through sewage. Do you want this bad enough to go through hell and Laodicea? Whatever Satan throws at you, do you want it bad enough to fight him off? Brother Brenham said that those 200,000, thousand demons that was loose against the Jews under the Holocaust and they became a nation in 1946 after they became a nation those same demons turned their attention on the bride they are after you you are their target how bad do you want it the Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself 
souls in prison, brother. Uh, uh, excuse me, not souls in prison, but uh, um, I'll get the name of it in a minute. Brother Ram said that the lid has been tore off of hell. And streams of perfect strength by perfect weakness. He said streams of demon powers are pouring in from every side. How bad do you want it? When the going gets rough. When the family is sick. When there's no money to pay the bills. When the car has trouble. Are you still going to fight? Are you still going to be at church the next service? Don't get discouraged. That's just a trial of your faith. And my Bible tells me, count it all joy. I'm going to take this time. Some of you here know my testimony. Most of you don't. I'm going to take my time for a few minutes and give you a little of my testimony. I'm the youngest of six siblings. My mother and my father had three girls, and they had three boys. In 1988, November 23rd, 1988, I lost my first sister, Shelly. We called her Shelly. Her name was Robin. To breast cancer. She was 32 years of age. Had two children. A year and a half later, my oldest sister developed breast cancer. June the 5th, 1991, we buried her. And on that same day that we buried, her name was Karen, we called her Sissy. On that same day we buried Sissy, we found out that my middle sister had breast cancer. A year and a half later, October the 5th, 1992, she passed. Three and four years. Two years ago, God took my oldest brother, Randy, from colon cancer. Now Jonathan is here. It's just me and him left out of six. I've never in my life seen anybody grieve like my mother grieved when she lost her first baby girl. 32 years of age. My mother was a warrior, prayer warrior. Been a Christian for many, many years since she was a teenager. And I've never seen nobody grieve in my entire life. She would moan and wail and moan and wail. And I was still at home. Jonathan had already married Sister Rhonda. And I, I was still at home. I was 18 years of age. And I, I, I didn't even know what death was. I didn't know how to deal with death. I didn't know how to grieve. But I seen my mother grieving. So I did all I, I could to help her and try to console her and try to comfort her. And Only God can comfort someone like that. You can only do so much. He is the great comforter. And after my last sister passed, we buried her. I went back to my trailer. Me and I had been married at that time. We went back to where I lived in that little single wide trailer. And I laid on the couch. And I balled up in a fetal position. Because we had people around the world praying for my sisters. 
I balled up in a fetal position and I cried uncontrollably. I cried so hard I nearly threw up. My wife came into the room, she said, what in the world is wrong with you? I said, I'm done. I'd been in church all my life. I was 22 years of age at that time. I said, I'm done with God. I'm done with church. I was on the platform playing the guitar. I'm done with anything to do with God because he would not spare even one. I'm done. If he will let the, all three of them go within a four-year period, I'm done. And I laid there and I wept for hours. My three sisters gone. And I, I told my wife, she's a witness. I said, I'm going down to the liquor store. I'd never been, I'd never been to the liquor store a day in my life. Didn't even know, they didn't know how to order liquor. Didn't know what to buy. I mean, I mean, what do you get? You get, you know, you get gin. Do you get whiskey? Do you get tequila? Do you get rum? Jamaican rum? What do you get? I don't know. What, what will put you on the moon the fastest? I did, maybe just pour it all in together. Mix it all in. I didn't know. <laughs> Do you get it by the liter, by the pint, by the gallon, by the barrel? Well, I don't know how to buy it. <laughs> my heart, my intention was to go down to the local liquor store and buy me whatever I could to get me drunk the fastest, to numb my mind from reality. But at 15 years of age, Brother Charlie Cox was preaching in downtown Atlanta. Brother Brooks has been there. 1153 Ormwood Avenue, Brother Charlie Cox was preaching. And at the end of the service, conviction hit my heart. I didn't know what conviction was as a 15-year-old kid. I just knew that my hands were trembling. My body was trembling. I didn't know what it was. And my dad was a deacon at the church at the time, and he sat at the back door because we had drunks and prostitutes and all kind of people because we was in downtown Atlanta come in, so he, he tried to stop them at the back door. So at the end of service, while conviction was falling, Brother Charlie Cox was given an altar call. My dad, he come up to me and he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, son, don't you want to go and give your heart to the Lord? That's all it took. I hit that altar just as fast as I could. And I knew that night there was an anchor. Yes. Amen. I had nothing to do with that anchor. That anchor is Jesus. Amen. So when I was 22 and I had every plans of quitting church and going and getting drunk and doing everything I could in the world, something, Brother Paul wrote the song, something hailed me. I started to get up and I thought, what are you doing, boy? What are you doing? You know better than that. Something was holding me. And guess what? The next church service, I was on the platform playing the guitar. No, I didn't go to the liquor store. No, I didn't get drunk. Because Jesus came. And let me know they was in a much better place. And everything was going to be alright. He had a plan. He had a purpose. I may not have known it, but he had a plan. He had a purpose. And I was part of it.
Life sometimes will throw you curves that you don't have answers for. It will throw you down. It will throw you in a pit. It will put you in a valley. And you have no answers for. We just buried last Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was, we just buried a 38-year-old young man that fell dead in an emergency room. Blood clot went to his lungs. 38 years of age. Siblings and the mother wanting answers that I didn't have. Only God knows. People, listen, when they, when you, when you have a question about their life, whether they made it, whether they didn't, they're in the hands of a just God. You leave them alone. You're not their judge. God looks on the heart. Come on, somebody. God rebuked Samuel, said, I don't look as man as you look at man. I look on the heart. Prophet of God said, there will be people there that you didn't think would make it. And there will be people you thought would be there won't make it. Life is a vapor, my friend. You have no promise of tomorrow. You have no promise of making it home from this meeting. And I ask you a question again. How bad do you want it? Because when you leave this meeting that you've rejoiced and you've clapped and you've shouted and you've sung and you've had a good time. But when you get back and face the devil and when you get back and face hell, something on the inside is going to have to fight. And you're going to have to make up in your mind. I'm going to keep on pressing. I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not turning around. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You may false accuse me, scandalize my name, but I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Sometimes we don't even realize what we are facing because we become numb. We have become numb to homosexuals. We have become numb to the lesbians and the queers and we have become numb to all of that. We have become numb to the shootings. We have become numb to the violence because it happens so much. We're numb to it. It's become part of our culture. It's become part of our society. Nobody even sheds a tear anymore. Human trafficking, sex trafficking going like wildfire. Fentanyl killing all of our kids and nobody cares anymore. Especially the president. Well, if I stepped on your toes, move your feet. If he cared, he'd be down there doing something about it. Fentanyl coming across by the thousands of pills killing our young generation. Something's got to be done about it. And we become numb to what's going on. Because it's our four and no more. It's our little circle. It's our little church. No, it ain't. Everybody is a potential. Everybody has a soul. Let your light so shine before men. And when we talk about besetting sins, we talk about our faults and our failures and, and, and whatever you're doing, that's your business. 
But sin is not those things. Sin is not gambling and sin is not cussing and sin is not smoking and sin is not drinking and sin is not committing adultery and sin is not committing fornication. That ain't sin. Sin is unbelief. And let me tell you what the Greek says about the word sin. It's very simple. Even I can understand it. The word sin simply means to miss the mark. Now, in 1996, I'm a a, a deer hunter. Okay, I've been a deer hunter since 11 years old with my dad and my brother. In 1996, somebody put a bow in my hand. And I just fell in love with archery. And I've been shooting archery ever since. They replaced my shoulder three times and I kind of slowed down after that. That will put a damper on, uh, on pulling a bow back. Especially the bow that was given to me, if you know anything about archery. The bow that was given to me, and now I know why it was given to me, was a 90-pound pull bow. Some of you don't even weigh 90 pounds. And I was pulling it back. Every day in the afternoon, i get home from work. I'd go in the backyard and I'd shoot that bow. And I'd shoot that bow. And I'd get aggravated if I didn't hit the bullseye. And I'd check my equipment. And I'd check my arrows. I'd check my fletchings. That's the feathers on the arrow. I'd check, I'd check everything on my bow. Then I'd check me. But sometimes it ain't the equipment. Sometimes it's the Indian. So I would check myself. I would literally, don't laugh at me, but I would literally put a mirror in front of me. Take one of my wife's, you know, life-size mirrors and take it outside and I would pull my... I said, I said, don't laugh at me. And I would pull my bow back and I would look in the mirror and see if my form was right. And that wasn't working too well because I had to do this. So I got my video camera out and started videoing me. Said, something's wrong. I'm missing the mark. Something's got to change. I got to change something. Either the bow, the arrow, or me. Something's got to change because I want to hit the bullseye every time. Come on, somebody. If you're not hitting the mark, you got to change something in your life. Something's got to change. And when you change it, you'll hit the mark every time. Just missing the mark is all it is. And friend, it don't take much to miss the mark. Listen, with Jesus, just, just, just catching the edge of it ain't good enough for Jesus. You got to hit the bullseye. Brother Brandon was a, was a rifle shooter. And he said if the barrel is off just a little bit here, it's way off down there. So if you're just a little bit off in here. If you're just a little bit off in here, you're way off out yonder. In this day and time that we're living in, it don't take much to get a little bit off. Listening to the wrong music. 
watching the wrong movies. Listen, you're looking at a holiness, sassafras, backwoods, sin-killing, sky-blue Georgia preacher that still believes in the old paths. The paths that worked, the paths that brought us here. If somebody went before us and paved the way, that's the path I want to be on. I don't want to walk a new path. I don't want to walk a new trail. I want the old path. The path that somebody has walked before and made it. I want to follow that path, the one that's well trodden. I don't, I don't want to follow behind somebody that's cutting trees with a machete and making a trail. That's what's happening in religion today. With all this new fad music coming out. I'm going to preach. Listen, you can leave whenever you want to. The doors are open. These preachers coming out on the, on the platform with cut off jeans and, and their knees showing them. Change down to here. Ponytails and man buns. No, sir! I'd like to, I would like to just one time get one of them hammerheads in my office just one time and ask them one question. Would you present yourself that way in front of Jesus? Oh, Brother Daniel, suit and ties your tradition. Well, I'll just keep on in tradition. I ain't following the trends of the world. Can I tell you something your prophet told you? He had a vision of the preview of the bride. Remember the first bride he seen was the book of Acts. Then he seen another church that was naked from the waist up. Marching to the rhythm or the beat of rock and roll music. Am I right? Then he, he began to cry and weep and oh God, I've preached, I've done everything. Is this all we have to offer you? He was all tore up about this church that was naked from the waist up. Jigabooing. I ain't, I ain't no dancer. Marching to the rhythm, the beat of rock and roll. And all of a sudden he heard a voice, but the bride must preview again. Now it ain't over. It ain't over. All of a sudden the bride, which was a book of Acts bride, got out of step you know why she got out of step she took her eyes off the prophet and put her eyes on that church that was marching to the beat of rock and roll you know why these churches are going back to shuck and second pull they took their eyes off the message and they got their eyes on that church that's marching to the beat of rock and roll music too many, uh, y'all too quiet on that. What's wrong with the blood songs? What's wrong with the music that got us here? Too many people trying to blaze new trails. 
You add to it, you take away your name's taken out of the book of life and the plagues will be added unto you. Well, that didn't go too awful well. But I'm telling you what, the vision went out with the prophet of God saying, get back and step. Get back and step. And I'm echoing that tonight. Get back and step. Get your eyes on this message. Get back and step. Get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes off the denominational churches. Get your eyes on this word. That's what's going to make a rapture. I'm reading this awful late, Brother Brian. If anybody here needs interpretation in French, we got some headphones so you can hear, but it looks like most everybody's understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> we translate every service in French, so if you need a headphone, you can see one of the brothers in the back, but I'm halfway through with my sermon by now. <laughs> we'll have one of the brothers that speak French to give you a kind of a you know, a break, breakdown of what I've already said. <laughs> I apologize for that. Let me tell you what a prophet of God said. Perfect strength by perfect weakness. Brother, the lid has come off of hell. And streams of demon power is pouring from everywhere. It's conquered the nations. It's conquered politics. Till it's rotten to the core. It's conquered the churches until they know nothing but denomination. You don't know how glad I am to see all of this group of people coming from different churches around the world. Sitting together in one accord. Loving one another in unity of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We draw no lines here. No church in this message should draw lines. If you draw lines in your church, you are of the devil. There ain't gonna be no places or colors over here and Negroes over here and Africans over here and whites over here and Asians over here. No, we're all gonna be together worshiping around the throne. You got a problem with them here, you ain't going there. I've had brothers in my church, their co workers would tell them, You mean you go to a white man's church? to ask him you go to a white man's church no I go to Jesus' church it ain't got nothing to do with color this is Jesus' church
And if the word is being preached, I don't care if he's purple, purple with green polka dots. You go to church because of the word and the word only. I get sick to death of that devil. And I burn his hide every time I get a chance. Especially when I got a crowd like this. Did anybody see which door the devil went out of? He just left the building. introduced me to the musicians the other night here at the church and I looked at him I said my brother's from another mother <laughs> I used to play sports in high school I was okay I got by but I had people come up to me and said hey you got a black man in your ancestor somewhere Cause white boys don't play like you do. I hope I do. That means I can jump higher to rescue white folks. Well, glory. Does your face good to laugh? Does you good like a medicine? Praise the Lord. Let me hurry. Somebody put that clock back on that dumb TV back there. Or excuse me, monitor. We don't have TVs in church. Every church in the message done backslid. We all got TVs in the church. And I'm talking about big ones. <laughs> you got to understand, my friend, the TV ain't wrong. It's what you put on it. Anyway, that's another subject. Because I know y'all got him at home. Two biggins. I might as well go ahead and be honest. I'm on the subject. I got me a 70 incher. My eyes are getting bad. Lord have mercy. I got one in my bedroom too. 
So do some of y'all. I don't feel. <laughs> oh, well, glory. I don't feel so lonely. <laughs> Brother Random moved up in technology. Telephone hookup was the latest technology. Well, y'all quiet. If he'd had streaming back then, he'd used it. And he'd had TVs in the church. Everybody all right? We don't need to bring nobody back from the dead, do we? Listen to this. I'm going to try to wind this down. And you understand when you wind, it takes a little bit. I'm winding. Souls that are in prison, 63. Brother Ram said, I thought then as I noticed them cankered looking eyes on them women. Oh, Lord, he going to preach on paint. Powder and paint make you look like what you ain't. I told y'all what I was. Oh, but you put paint on a barn door. Are you a barn door? Oh, I've had them tell me, you know, Brother Bram said, if you're real white, pasty white, you can put something on. If you look like that, God, please put something on. You like like that. If you look like that, we call a nine one one. I thought then, as I noticed them cankered looking eyes on them women, they were Spanish and French and Indian and white and all together. But that great big head, you know, bushed up with them combs the way they comb it back, way big and then out. You know, you know how they do it, fix it up like they do it, and them cankered looking eyes. Them eyes with paint, they run back like a cat's eyes. You got a cat, shoot it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bring him to me. Let me know. <laughs> Paint run back like cat's eyes and them talking and there I was again. Remember he went there when he was 14 when he got shot. Standing there in J.C. Penney's back in hell again. Do we not realize hell is all around us? All around us. He was in J.C. Penney's in the mall with his wife. Sitting on a bench. You know those benches, brothers, that we sit on waiting on our wives to shop. Y'all met quite a few sitting there. How you doing? Doing fine, just fine. Waiting for your wife. Yeah, me too. I didn't have a beard, but now I do. And J.C. Penney going into another dimension and seeing these women with cat eyes 
paint make them look like cats. And telling us he was in hell again. The same thing he seen when he went to hell at 14. Women with cankered eyes. God put, God put color in your eyes. He didn't put it on the outside of your eyes. He put it in your eyes. Leave it like he put it. Don't get on that. Don't, 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 don't get on those standards. We're beyond that. No, we'll never be beyond it. Without holiness, no man shall see God. Period. We are called to be saints. We are called to be holy. We are called to be righteous. And if you got God in you, he'll live a righteous life out of you. I've had people tell me, hey, Reverend, I can't live that kind of life. You know what I say? Neither can I. That's why I got Jesus in me so he can live the life out of me. I'm not strong enough to fight the devil by myself. I'm a fool to think I could fight him by myself. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Know he's in there. If you ain't, if you ain't, if you ain't had a fight, you ain't Christian. If you ain't been fighting, you ain't a Christian. And if you just become a Christian, get ready for a fight. Can I have a few more minutes? They, 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 they ain't gonna eat the food out there. You, you'll have some food. As I said, I'll be 53 in a a couple days. I've been pastoring this church for 23 and a half years. And in 23 and a half years, I've had 26 surgeries. I just got this knee replaced six weeks ago. Seven weeks ago. I just had this knee replaced a year and a half ago. Prior to that, I had two surgeries for meniscus tears. I fell in 2011 and broke my back. I got metal in my lower back, tore my L5 in half. 2018, my shoulder started making noise. I was like, what in the world is that? It ain't supposed to make that noise. It didn't hurt, it just made a funny noise. And I'd, I'd aggravate my family. We'd be sitting in the living room, I'd go, they say, stop that! You know, it's like running your fingernails across a chalkboard. Stop that! Stop that! That hurts my ears. I do it just to aggravate them. So eventually, I had to go to an orthopedic surgeon, right? They take an X-ray. He brings it in. He puts it on that light. He said, "Mr. Mr. Mr. Gibson, you see all this cloudy stuff in here?" I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "That's arthritis." He said, arthritis has completely destroyed your shoulder. He said, you have nothing in there but bone. 
He said, we have to replace it. I'd already had one surgery for a bone spur and a labrum tear. I said, you mean you got to take my bone out and put metal and plastic in and screws? He said, that's all we can do unless you want to live like that. I said, let's do it. So in October of 2018, I had my first partial shoulder surgery where they put a spacer, a plastic spacer in there so I could move my arm. In March of the next year, I was with Brother Thomas Byler in Kentucky, turkey hunting. And he called in tur two turkeys, and he said, Here, Brother Dan, you kill the first one. So I grabbed that 12-gauge 12 12 shotgun and said, Boom, and when I did, it kicked my shoulder, and I hit the ground. Oh. Writhing in pain. Screaming. They took me to the hospital and found out I was septic. In the original surgery, when the, when the surgeon cut the bone, the MRI did not show that there was a pus pocket infection behind the bone. You don't do surgery if you have infection. Most of you know that. But they didn't see it on the MRI. So he cut the bone. Now he's committed to the surgery. He's done cut the bone. So he scrapes it out, puts antibiotic in it, <clears throat> gives me antibiotic to take home, try to take care of the infection. Well, when I shot the shotgun and the kick on the shot on the 12 gauge hit my shoulder and I hit the ground, they took me to the hospital. They said he's got sepsis. My blood pressure was 68 over 42. I was in the hospital for seven days on the edge of death. They had to go back into my shoulder, take the spacer out that they had put in in October and put a pl complete plastic, everything plastic because metal attracts infection. Until they could get the infection out of my shoulder, I had to keep that in there. And so they put a pick line in this arm like cancer patients. And every four hours, my wife and my daughter had to administer antibiotics for four weeks. 24 hours a day, every four hours, they had to administer antibiotics through that pick line. I'm on the verge of death. I'm sitting there in a recliner, and I don't know if I'm going to make it from one day to the next. Because sepsis kills people every day. So I go back to the bacteriologist, whatever they call him, and finally they took blood, and they found out that the infection was gone. Now he says we've got to put a full... Shoulder replacement. That means screws and everything. The whole deal. So they cut me again. For the fifth time. And they put that new shoulder in. So now, I've got metal here. I've got metal here. I've got metal here. i got metal on my back. And some people say I have metal in my head. No. <laughs> Last year, about this time last year, during the summer of last year, I started having very serious stomach cramping pains. I was sick, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. I was, my stomach right below my sternum was just, it was just more than I could bear. I couldn't hardly breathe. It was hurting so bad. So finally, 
my, doc, my wife said, I'm, I'm taking you to the ER right now. And I, I, was tired of, I was tired of doctors, I was tired of nurses, I was tired of needles, I was tired of all of that. I had been through all these surgeries. I was sick of it. But when your wife says you're going to the hospital, guess where you're going? Happy wife? Boy, no. That's universal, ain't it? <laughs> and at that point, I was glad that I listened to her. Because I went in and they did the CT and the x-ray and all that they did. And they come back and said, you have pancreatitis. Your pancreas is three times its normal size. When I was in the ER, of course, when you go to a doctor or, or ER or hospital, whatever, they ask you every question known to man. All your family history. Any medicine you've ever, ever taken. Every surgery you've ever done. Your great-grandmother's maiden name. They ask you everything. So I had to tell her that I, I had lost four siblings to cancer. And I myself, I didn't tell you this, but I myself had had two, two skin cancers taken off of my head in 2006. Melanoma. There's only three types of skin cancer and only one can kill you and it's melanoma. And they caught it in time, thank God. I've never had to have no treatments. So when they come back, the doctor, ER doctor, come back in the room, she sit down. And when they pull up a chair, you fix to have a conversation. This ER doctor was a woman, and she, uh, she, she knew all my history. I done told her. She pulled up a chair and Tears began to well up in her eyes. She said, Mr. Gishnanner, she said, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but you have two spots of cancer on your pancreas. I said, okay. She said, we're going to recommend you go to an oncologist and see what they can do for you. So we went to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They began to do all kinds of tests. I mean, everything from A to Z. <clears throat> Try to find out what was wrong with my pancreas and what was causing it to swell and become so big. And I had lost 20 pounds, 21 pounds in two weeks. So they come back and the blood, the blood sample come back that it showed that I had cancer in my body. So... Come back to the church, told the church what was going on. Word began to spread. You know how social media is. It begins to spread. More times bad spreads faster than good. But anyway, we, have, uh, we had a lot of people praying. And so somebody said something to my wife uh, to have my gallbladder checked because it's right beside the pancreas. I don't know where nothing is. <laughs> I just eat and let things take its course and eat and let things die. I don't care where nothing goes and where, I just don't care. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't tell you where my liver is and my kidneys. Well, I do know where the one kidney is because I had the kidney stone, but anyway. And they are of the devil if you've never had one. So I went to a gallbladder specialist and he said, uh, Mr. Gibson, your gallbladder has to come out. He said, it's in bad shape. 
And I said, well, I don't know what bad shape means, but let's take it out. So I got three scars on my stomach where he did laparoscopic surgery and took out my gallbladder. And things begin to get a little better. I begin to feel better, begin to eat a little more. So I went back for a final checkup on my pancreas, find out about those two spots to the oncologist. And they did all the tests, all the blood work, did everything they know to do. They come back and they said, we can't find any spots on your pancreas. I'm telling you these stories of my testimony for a purpose. Because God sent me through hell. I went, I went through one thing after another after another. I couldn't even recover from one thing and I had something else go wrong. Couldn't even recover from that and had something else go wrong. And I know I'm missing some things. Oh, that's the big thing. June the 6th or June the 8th, I was fixing to go to the bank. And some of you will agree with this and some of you will hold this against me. That's your problem. But I'm, I was taught my, by my daddy wherever I go to carry a gun. See what I <laughs> That's my second amendment. And here in Georgia, you can carry one on your side without a license. They just passed it. And that's my right. If you don't like it, then you move to another state. <laughs> so I was in my bedroom, and I, I had my pistol in my hand. And I don't, like, I don't like my gun showing. I don't like people to know that I have one. So I like it concealed. So I, have a, I had a clip made by a company called Versicary. And it's made, the, 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 clip, the clips are made for different calibers. And I picked up the wrong clip. And I had a 45 automatic in my hand. Some of you don't know what a 45 automatic is. The bullet is almost the size of my thumb. So as I'm pushing to try to get this to snap in so I can put it inside my belt. Boom! It goes off. Because the trigger, the safety is on the trigger. If you know anything about the new model, modern Guns, even Glock, they don't have a click-on, click-off safety. It's on the back of the grip. So be careful with your children. Because anybody, if they can pull a four-pound trigger, they can shoot it. So don't, don't keep one in the chamber. Anyway, that's uh, gunsmithing 101. <laughs> I heard the sound, boom. And I looked in the wall to try to see the hole because my wife was going to kill me <laughs> for shooting a hole in her wall. And then I looked down at my hand. And I seen the hole, I seen the hole the size of a quarter. And I looked on the back of my hand and expecting to see my hand destroyed. You know anything about Guns, bullets, ballistics, they tend to penetrate. They tend to go through things. But it stopped. 
on the back side of my hand. It did not go through my hand. The muzzle of the gun was touching my hand when it went off. And I looked on the back side of my hand and it looked like a walnut was under my skin. And my daughter Alyssa, she was in the other room with her baby Macy and watching our twins. And she comes and I open the door and she says, Dad, what happened? She thought a piece of furniture fell. She just heard a boom. And I said, call 911, I shot myself. That's the last thing I ever thought I'd say. <laughs> and be careful who you tell that to. Because we had people believing that I committed suicide. Point blank range, full metal jacket. Stopped right here. So the, sh the, the first responders were policemen. First thing I did when I shot myself, I've learned a little bit about survival because I, I am a hunter, so I, I, I like to know a little bit about if something happens in the woods to treat people if I can. I'm not a doctor, but I like to know how to, if I have to stitch somebody up or glue somebody up or, you know, put a splint or do, you know, whatever. So I went to my closet and I grabbed a belt and I made a tourniquet on my wrist. Because, you know, you know, they check your pulse on your wrist. And I didn't know if I'd busted that vein, bleed to death. So I made a tourniquet on my wrist and I tightened it as tight, tight as I could to stop the bleeding because I'm bleeding on my wife's carpet. <laughs> Isn't that amazing what goes through your head? <laughs> you just shot yourself with a 45 auto and you're worried about the blood on your wife's carpet or a hole in her wall. So finally the ambulance comes and they take me to the ER and they're fixing to take me into surgery. And I've been playing the guitar since I was 11. I learned to play the bass when I was 17. I play a little bit of the drums, not much, but just when somebody else ain't here. And immediately I thought, I'm not going to be able to pull a bow, I'm not going to play the guitar, I'm not going to be able to play the bass, I'm not going to be able to do a lot of things. I looked to the ER doctor, I said, Doc, have I destroyed my hand? He said, no, sir. You have annihilated your hand. You'll never use it again. They take me into surgery. They get all the shrapnel out. They get the bullet. I still have shrapnel in my hand that they couldn't get out. I stayed in the hospital for six days, five, six days. They did three surgeries. They had to put five pins through my bones to keep them together. My hand swelled up like a gorilla. It was, my, my wife has pictures. I don't like to keep them on my phone. I don't like that memory. It swelled up so big. And for weeks and weeks I dealt with that. The pain... People have asked me because a lot of people don't know anybody that's ever been shot. So they asked me, they said, what was the pain like? I said, well, let me give you my experience of the pain. Take your hand, put it in hot red coals. Not fire, not flames, red coals. And leave it. Don't take it out. The nurse came into my room and she said, Sir, 
We have given you every pain medication we have in the hospital. We have nothing stronger to give you. And I was screaming in pain. But the good news is all your faces are... <laughs> the good news is I'm playing the guitar. <laughs> I'm playing the bass. I played the drums the other night. It ain't 100%, but I'll take what God gave me. It's better than having no hand at all. Come on, somebody. My God is real. I've been able to give that testimony to I don't know how many people, and they are absolutely blown away that I still have a hand. Because I believe, and I tell them this, I believe in the supernatural. I believe there was an angel there with his hand on this side. Blocking that bullet from destroying my hand. And through all of this, and I've got more to tell, but I ain't got more time. And through all of this, the devil was coming to me. If you quit, I'll quit. If you'll quit, I'll quit. If you back up, I'll back up. You won't have to live in pain. I have osteoarthritis. What they tell me, it's a lie of the devil, but that's what they tell me. My bones deteriorating at 52. Started at 47. How bad do I want it? How bad do I want to fight? I had, to, I, had to, I, I had to make a decision within myself. Do I resign? Do I quit? Do I stay home? Do I back up? Do I reverse? After all the years of serving the Lord? Because that's what the devil was telling me. Because the more you keep going, the more I'm going to fight you. So one night when everybody was asleep, I went downstairs and I got in my chair. And me and Jesus had a talk. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I said, Lord, no matter what you put me through. Because understand, Satan's only a tool. He can only do to you what God allows him to do to you. He does not have free range over God's children. Job chapter 1 tells us that. I told God and I laid there and I raised my hands and I said, God, whatever I got to go through, I'm not turning back. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a coward. I'm going to keep on fighting. Whatever it takes, I'm going to keep on fighting. There's something within me that I can't explain that keeps pressing me, keeps pushing me. There's a deep responding. There's a deep calling. And I can't help myself. Something in me says, keep on, keep it on. Fight the good fight of faith. Press on, little Lily. Press on, Mr. Lily. It'll be all right. Let's not be weary and well-doing. Let's press the battle. Let's fight. 
Satan's all around us, friend, but how bad do you want it? It's easy to quit. It's easy to stop. But it's a real warrior that says, I'm going on. I'm going to keep on fighting. My mother losing four, four of her children, still serving God at 90 years of age. Come on, somebody. She didn't quit. She didn't stop. She didn't back up. She said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's stand. My time's gone. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. Has he been good to you? Amen. So you got a reason to praise him. Amen. He's been more than good. He's been more than wonderful. He's been more than awesome. He's been more than great. I wish I had a better language to describe him. One day we'll get another language. And I'll be able to, to describe how I really feel about him. But I promise you this. He's brought me safe thus far. He'll bring me all the way home. I'm not turning back now. Mm, I'm not giving up. Mm, I'm not turning around. By the grace of God, I'm going to wear shining ground. Someday will I'll keep holding on, holding on to that nail-scarred hand. I'm not giving up, no, I'll keep holding on. Well, I'm not giving up, no, I'm not turning around. By the grace of God, I'm going to win. Shining ground someday I'll keep holding on, holding on To that nail-scarred hand I'm not giving up, no, I'll keep holding on Sing it now Oh, I'm not, oh, no Turning around by the grace of God, I'm going to wear. Oh, yes, we will. I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand. I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep holding on. Sing it now. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. And I'll keep holding on To that nail-scarred hand I'm not giving up No, I'll keep Sing it one more time Well, I'm not giving up 
hard hand I'm not giving up No, I'll Can we sing it just one more time? Oh, I'm not giving up From your heart I'm not turning around By the grace of God I'm going to wear a shining crown Someday and I'll keep holding on Holding on to that nail-scarred hand I'm not giving up I'll keep holding on Hallelujah Have you enjoyed the weekend? I trust something was said this morning to help you Encourage you, bless you Edify you, strengthen you. Keep fighting. Keep pressing. Just how bad do you want it? We got some parents here. I'm a parent five times. You watch a kid that wants something. Maybe something he ain't supposed to have. He's been told no. But no don't register. Knows not a word to a child. <laughs> Even if you smack their hand, no, don't register. There's something in that child that will take a beating to get what they want. Those of you that do that. Spare the rod. The Bible says if you beat him, he won't die. Well, glory. If we take out the rod more, we wouldn't have uh, these delinquents running around. My dad's rod was his belt. And in my nightmares at night, I can still hear that belt going through the loops. He come. <laughs> Thank God for a godly daddy. Amen. You know how you know Jesus loves you? Those I love, I rebuke and I chasten them. It's not the blessings that proves he loves you. It's not the big house. It's not the nice Cadillac, BMW, Mercedes, even a Ford. Maybe a Chevrolet. I'm a little partial. It's not the blessings. Because those people out there have those blessings. And many of them have more than you do. That don't mean God loves them more. He ain't going to correct them because God don't correct Satan's children. God corrects his own children. And if God corrects you, you better thank him that you belong to him. Well, y'all still pulling. I'm still preaching. I got to shut up. Stand up and preach sermon number two. Thank you for coming. God bless your hearts. My, such a beautiful crowd. Those in the back. We apologize again for the lack of video, but we trust you could hear those in the fellowship hall. 
Uh, it was a little bit of a delay, but we hope the message got through. Matter of fact, we know it did. And uh, we did all that we could. Now, I'm going to say this. If we do this again, we're going to try to build a bigger building. So if you feel in your heart to donate to the building fund, oh, it's quiet. Boy, you, you, you talk. There's two things, brother, brother Isaiah, I've learned in my ministry. Two things that shut people up. Two things. Women. Talk about women or money. I think I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Look, you ain't got to give to our building fund. Jesus is our building fund. If he can provide for Elijah at the brook Cherith, he can provide our needs. We are at the place now on Sunday mornings. We are just about having to put out chairs with our local people. And statistics say that if you're at 70% capacity, you need to start a new church. And we are probably close to 90% capacity. And the word that I'm getting from these other brothers that there are more that are coming in, moving in. And so we've got to make a place for them to be able to sit. Because you know how you are. You like your space. Yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all ready to get out of here because you ain't got your space. We got 4.1 acres. You can run all around here and you got plenty of space. But uh, we are uh, possibly looking to that end because we are getting full. And uh, we need more Sunday school rooms. We need uh, several things that we're going to change up, bigger balcony. And uh, so if you would, just hold us up before the Lord in prayer. It's good that a church is growing. Amen. When you see people leaving left and right and, you know, leaving the message and you hear about all the bad stuff, I'm telling you good stuff. Amen. We're growing. Amen. And I thank God that we're growing. And so if we have to tear this one down and build one bigger, whatever we got to do uh, to house God's people, then that's what we'll do. So if you would, just hold us up before the Lord in prayer. Now, the sisters out here, uh, they got to move all the chairs because they've been having church out there. They got to give them a few minutes before you go in there to get, I know you're hungry. I hear some of your bellies growling uh, all the way up here. So give them a few minutes. Stay out in the parking lot in fellowship. Give them a few minutes to get things ready. Uh, for the food, and uh, everybody's invited. I know it's a large crowd, but uh, we like to eat around here, so uh, uh, be no problem there. Uh, everybody's invited, young, middle-aged, and old. All Everybody is invited to stay. If you have to go, we understand. Some of you have planes to catch and, and places to be. We understand that, so um, just give them a few minutes to uh, convert the fellowship hall from a church to a fellowship hall. Uh, so, and they would appreciate that. So, we're going to go ahead and turn thanks over the food here. That way, we won't have to do it in there. By the time they get it ready, you can go ahead. And our our local people know that visitors go first uh, in the line, and we certainly have a lot of visitors. So, you go first in line for the food. And uh, we again thank you for coming. It was our honor to 
host this this weekend. I feel, I don't know how you feel, but I feel it was a tremendous success. That's you, Brother Joel. You've changed a little since I've seen you last. God bless your heart. Good to see you, buddy. Amen. Brother Joel Brown. God bless him. So if you would, just bow your heads with us and we'll turn thanks over the food. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we've been in your presence today, Lord. We have been behind the veil since the veil has been running twain. We can go into your presence. You gave us a promise where two or more would gather in my name. You promised to be in our midst, and you have been. And I'm so grateful, Lord. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the pull of the people, the response of the people. Thank you, Lord, for the different ministers that are here. Some I may not know, Father, but... Lord, we recognize all of them, whoever they are. You know who they are, Father. I may not know, but that doesn't matter. Brother Isaiah being with us, Brother Joel, different ones. God, may you bless them all. Bless Brother Isaiah's church there in Iowa, Father, we pray. Bless each and every person in divine presence. Supply every need in this building. Become Jehovah Jireh to them and provide for them, God, we pray. Any sick among us, God, become Jehovah Rapha to them, God, we pray. Lord, as we depart from this building and go and have a, some natural food, God, we pray your blessings rest upon the food. Sanctify it to the nourishment and the strength of our bodies. And may we, in turn, use that strength for your honor and your glory. We give this weekend to you, Father, because we believe that you have been honored and glorified and lifted up. And we're so grateful. We pray it come up before you as a sweet smell and savor. Bless your people, God, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it for the glory of God. Amen and amen. We'll turn it to Brother Brown. He'll sing a song. And you can be dismissed. Been good to be in the house of the Lord, hasn't it? Amen. We'll just sing a song, give the sisters just a few minutes. flat who am I that you are mindful of me that you hear me when I call oh is it true that you are thinking of me oh how you love me it's amazing it's amazing, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, He calls me friend, oh yes, I am a friend of God. 
friends with each other, made some new friends, acquaintances, friends for life after this weekend. Amen. It's been such an honor. We'll sing this and we'll be dismissed. This is a, an old one. Key of F. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Well, I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Joy. Oh, yes, joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Joy today is mine. Oh, when I woke up this morning, I didn't have a doubt. I knew that the Lord would bring me out. So I got down on my knees. I said, Lord, help me please. I got up shouting victory. Oh, yes, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan. Oh,